0: Hello, I'm Gail Gibson, accredited master coach, speaker, author, and podcaster. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can-do stories of growth, resilience, and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can-do approach. Each one of their stories is unique. Each one of their stories has a key message. Hello. In this episode, I'm talking to Kathy Murphy, coach, firefighter, peace officer and CEO. Kathy Murphy is a sustainable high-performance coach who's been leading others throughout her lifetime. As a former firefighter, peace officer and CEO, she now helps people in leadership step into their potential and uplevel their power within her company, WeAreRisingTides.com. With a combined social following of over 20,000, Yahoo Finance named Kathy one of the most powerful women of 2021 and as one of the top 10 mentors of 2020. New York Weekly named Kathy as one of the top 20 people to follow on Instagram in 2020. And she's been featured on US TV and radio. You can follow her on Instagram on, at WeAreRisingTides. Tides. I wanted to share just her introduction on her website, which I just thought was such a warm and welcoming way to say, welcome to what I do. So this is, these are Kathy's words, hi, beautiful souls, welcome to my site. My name is Kathy. I am a thought leader, coach, author, singer, surfer and inspirational speaker. I am an energy shifter, an alchemist of change, a mother of dogs and humans, and so much more. And with that, I'd just like to say welcome to the show today, Kathy.
1: Thank you, Gail. And I am so honored to be here with you in this beautiful space that you provide to help people. It's a wonderful thing you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. So the first question I'd like to ask you then, Kathy, is can we take a short walk through your life? If you can give us a glimpse of your background and how you arrived at helping people wake up, rise up, shift their energetic frequency and step into their
1: truth. My whole life, I loved watching others come alive and see who they really were because I felt like, they didn't see the potential that I saw in them. I became one of the first female firefighters and peace officers just because it seemed like it would be a really fun job. And in doing that, I also loved that I got to pave the way so that especially women and anyone who didn't think they had an opportunity saw that opportunities can open for anybody if you try. And that meant for them just to show up, and which is what I did. I then uh, moved into a career with California State Parks. And the last nine years of my career were spent in a very political position. I managed all of the off-roading in Southern California. And in that job, um, I worked 20 out of 24 hours a day. That became my life. It was my purpose, my passion, and I was purely driven by that passion. It got kind of crazy because I would have to say that looking back, I had nothing left of my physical, emotional, and mental energy, but... My energy inside that spiritual place, the kid inside, the universe, God, whatever you choose to call it, that was what had driven me. And um, I took many risks along the way. I did things that would benefit the public, that created a legacy that people from diverse groups can all use for many years to come and recreate and use the land to the best for all the people. And in taking those risks, of course, you always take a chance. And I knew pretty much when our um, political powers changed in California, that my time was up. And one day, it happened to be in October, October 7th, armed officers showed up at my office and took me and locked me into my condo, told me not to leave or something more would happen to me. Essentially, everything I had was gone. For the first time in my life, I had lost everything at once. I had been through all sorts of things before then. um, Cancer, Lyme disease, rheumatoid arthritis. I've been diagnosed with a lot of different things, but I was able to thrive in these challenges because I didn't pay attention to the thinking I had that came through that showed the challenge was a problem. I just dealt with it. And so when this occurred, I really felt totally knocked out of life. Everything I had worked for, I felt was just falling away. And I worked to get back into life. I started teaching leadership and life skills to kids through golf in the desert. Then I became a stand up paddleboard yoga instructor so that I could help people find some balance. I knew I didn't have any balance in my life. And in doing that, one day I caught a wave on it. I had been a surfer all my life, but I'd never caught a wave on a stand-up paddleboard. I had so much fun. I was like, I got back (laughs) surfing, back into the ocean, and continued to think about, like, what am I still doing here? Because I had been through so much that I can't tell you the number of times I should have died. The first one was being born into a family with no no chance of having children. And both my mom and I almost died when I was born. And that that continued yet I was still here. So one day I was out surfing and um, I took off on this wave and I knew I ate it. And the next thing I felt was a huge slam to my head. I came to underwater, swallowing water, couldn't move my body couldn't reach my board and I had a conversation. I was like, okay, God, after everything I've been through, I know there's something more for me, but I guess if this is it, this is it. I kind of surrendered, but yet had that, I think there's more. And then I felt this force pick me up by the back of my neck. I'm pretty convinced it was my mom and lay me across my board. Probably five or so minutes later, the one person I was surfing with saw me, came over, got me to shore, and I sat on shore and I thought, I got to figure out what I'm doing here. That was when I decided to become a coach. I had coached people, mentored people. I trained people how to lead. Everyone wanted to work for me because I helped them develop into what they never thought they could. And I saw the potential when I was able to have them see the potential, they stepped into that. And I loved that. So I decided to become a coach. I went and got training as a health coach. I went to the graduate program for health coaching. I went to um, life coaching, got certified in that. I studied NLP, then continued to work with a variety of different coaches and bumped into something called the three principles on mind, consciousness, and thought. Where I saw for the first time how true something you and I talked about just a moment ago, that our thoughts are what create our reality. And I had known all my life that somehow I didn't pay attention to the thinking that would have stopped me. And then I discovered that it truly is like a science of philosophy. That is how we work. So I did a lot more studying on how we work because I found that just coaching people from a place of having them think they needed to be fixed, altered, changed, really took a lot of time digging into the past versus having them look at how they function as a human being, step back into the true nature that always already exists in every human being, and thrive in that without all the hard work. So I love where I am now because I have found a way for people, I would essentially say, to hit the easy button on life. Like I've done life the really hard way, and now I do life the easy way, letting life live me more, listening to my own wisdom inside. That's not my wisdom. It comes from that greater energy. But helping people to see that, they're whole and complete as they are. They already have everything they need and from that place they can do whatever they want and become fearlessly free and unstoppable. And that was what got me into it was my passion for and my time spent helping people to rise into who they really are and I had done it my whole life and thought, well, this is probably why I'm here next. I think we have many purposes. One of my recent purposes has become my nine-month-old baby girl granddaughter. Oh, beautiful. And <laughs> a lot of time with her and, oh my gosh, hanging out with a totally unconditioned soul mm-hmm. is like the best in the world. So I think we all have that passion and that purpose. I know for a fact that that can make or break you because it can keep you going that energy always feeds you if you're passionate about something that is coming from a space where you know that you're on the right path capital k no and it's easy to keep going it's not that you don't put time and attention but it's effortless versus efforting
0: brilliant that's a brilliant point to just break right now and just say you know They often say in life that we are the sum of all of the parts of where we've come from, what we learn, and who we become. And I just, you have, as you shared, you have been through a roller coaster of experiences, which is very similar to many, many of my guests. They all have come from a place and they have faced challenges in life, in mindset in health etc but somehow they have found a way to move through it which is this can do spirit that is in every one of us so can i ask then Kathy where do you feel your can do drive stemmed from because you said you have spent a lifetime watching others come alive that has been something that's really driven you to help people see the potential in themselves where did that stem from? Was it your childhood, or is it something that you have built more and more and more of throughout your life
1: experience? I would have to say both. I think it started in my childhood, and maybe just like just being born to a family who couldn't have kids, I started off creating impossible things in my life. And I also had parents who would encourage me to do whatever I wanted. And they were always there, always supportive. I remember my dad, when I was 19 years old, I had decided I was going to go become one of the first women firefighters Mm -hmm. and it happened to be a a smoke jumping position. And to this day, I just laugh. I mean, when I think about like, I, I raised boys, but And I think about either a a son or a daughter, if they told me at 19, oh, yeah, I want to go jump out of (laughs) planes and fight fires, I'd have been like, what? (laughs) I mean, my boys did do stuff like that. But it was, at the time, I mean, super supportive of everything I wanted to do. And then I think that built into my family, in a way, I think I was very lucky to have lived in a family where you kind of get thrown in the pool without the swimmies. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of, you know, can I get through it? It's okay. What do I do? What's next? Because you, you become very resilient when faced with those situations, you always find a way and even, even when I worked in a bureaucracy for all those years, um, to this day, people shake their heads and go, you, there's no way you could have done everything you did. I'm like, well, I did. Because I, I, was, I had been raised and growing through all of my experiences to see that can do, as you say, because can'ts weren't a thing. Like can't as a young child meant, well, you're not going to make it. So it's like it, it's when you don't put a lot of focus into those thoughts and allow them to pass, then you can only see the can-do. And so you find a way. Those challenges become opportunities. The The problems aren't a problem unless you make them. They're a possibility. And I think that I gained that positive attitude more and more over time because of the challenges as you said that everybody who comes on your show pretty much has had challenges and mm-hmm. I think challenges really can shape us and help us see that anything is can do if, if you're passionate enough about it if you really want something at least what what I find with my clients if they really want it they can get it they can do that
0: it's so, so true. And I find that with my clients too, Cathy, you know, when they, if they if they need something, it doesn't come, but if they really want it and that desire is strong to say, I'm going to dedicate my time, I'm going to shift behaviours, I'm going to do things maybe slightly differently than what I've done before, they're the ones who do succeed and they're the ones who find it in themselves to rise up, as you say, and this can-do drive comes through them. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that, where that originated from. Now, you you mentioned in your introduction as well about the fact that you were a first in those roles, in the firefighter and the peace officer roles. You, you led the way for women to say, you know, you can rise up, you can achieve what you set your mind to achieve. You then said that you took risks and from those risks you were able to then create a legacy for people so what were some of the risks that you embraced at that time and and what did you learn from taking those risks as well the
1: risks that i took were to like everyone there was a, a huge diverse group as you can imagine if you're talking about land use there was a lot of diversity between, I got sued by the um, Sierra Club, the Coastal Commission. I mean, things were, were ongoing. There was environmental people who wanted control. There was recreationists who wanted control. There was Native Americans who wanted control. And everybody said, no, this is how it's done. And I said, no, I think we could bring these people together. Mm-hmm. And... People laughed and they said, no, that'll never work. Well, it worked because we found that space where everybody was able to do what they loved and gain an understanding of each other. So when I did that, um, I took chances to acquire property, which was really a it'll never happen. I built facilities. I. Um, that one one of the ones I built one of the largest uh, four by four rock crawling parks west of the Mississippi,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it was funny because I did do it. I you have to be you we when we come from that space inside we can tap into so much creativity that we don't see otherwise. Mm-hmm. And creatively, what I was able to do was to I went through the process, of course in the bureaucracy and had gotten it approved for, I think it was 12 million before the Senate in California. And then I set out to build it anyway before the, it it takes like 10 years for that Mm. money to actually come up. Mm -hmm. And so we built it anyway. We had people donate stuff. I had groups go out and solicit other people's help. And I mean, even spray shotcrete everywhere. And then in order to, like I had to have environmental review we built. Um, I had archeologists on my team. I had biologists on my team. They would all do the reviews. My staff was very afraid of taking risks and they were 100% certain that this thing that I was doing was going to get me fired and that they could be fired at the same time. Mm But I always told my staff, every one of them, my managers on down, that I was the captain of the ship, I would take the fall. And in doing that, it kind of freed them up to use their creativity. So we built this completely. I had um, some Jeeps donated. I got senators and assemblymen to come out and they were the first ones to drive them through the area in the Jeeps. Mm -hmm. So it was like, none of it followed the policy and the way things were done, but everyone loved it. Millions of people a year are still using it. And it was like, it, it, it put all of the glory on the head people in my department and they loved it. And none of it was done. It was a huge risk. I mean, and I would have been okay getting fired for that because I saw the joy in people who were able to come together. Like the four by four people were taking the Native Americans riding in the area. And then the Native Americans would show them where the sacred circles were and where mm-hmm. their job was. It was just, I get goosebumps still talking about it because it kind of was how I spent my whole career, doing stuff like that, where it's pretty impossible in a bureaucracy to get anything done in an efficient manner, but it doesn't mean it's impossible to get anything done. It just means you may follow certain things, but then you may get creative and find other ways, the can-do ways because those can-do ways of having people volunteer their services, having people donate all the stuff, those were open. So that's kind kind of what I would have to say about taking risks, like taking the risks were worth it to me. And in a way, like I had nothing to lose. I didn't need the job. I was actually losing money to go to work because I was past retirement. Mm -hmm. So if I looked at it from a logical perspective, I could say even then, I didn't need it. It was just really cool and fun to be doing it. I went to go, I when I went there, I was gonna stay one year. I stayed nine because I loved it and I loved watching the millions of people benefit from it. And so risk taking is, is just part of it. And when they got rid of me, it, like I never, never dreamed it would happen the way it did, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't sorry for anything that I had been able to do while I was there.
0: You bounced back, you bounced back definitely. But, you know, just hearing that, such an inspiring legacy that you have created and you you brought together people who really didn't think it was going to work as you said you you were a disruptor in that that helping them to be creative and step out of their comfort zone and you it what it says to me Kathy is that you really walked your talk and you've you've spoken throughout this whole conversation about the fact that. When you find something that you become really and truly passionate about, that is what unleashes your true potential. And so you took it upon yourself to say, we can do things differently. We can create these spaces. We can get everybody working together to make this happen. And so now you bring those experiences into the leadership role that you take on and coaching others to Realise their potential as well. So, I really think that the my listeners will get so much from that as that, as I said, that inspirational legacy, but also that model of leadership that you have led and is still sustained within in California as well. So, thank you for sharing that story. So, we move now to the last parts of the the, the uh, interview today. And one of the things that we were talking about um, before we came on air was the fact that we both start our days in a certain way and you are somebody who loves to go surfing and see the dawn and be part of that beautiful start of a new day. So why do you believe then, Cathy, that that getting that start in your day and making time for self-care is so important in your life?
1: Well... If I don't take care of me, nobody does. And I suffer and so does everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it took me 60 years to realize that. (laughs) Um, Not taking care of me affects everybody I'm around. And the better I feel, the more I'm able to show up for myself and others. And... I love starting my day surfing at sunrise because for me, the sunrise is just a, an opportunity for us. I call it to do the life do over dance. I mean, (laughs) every day we get a chance to start fresh and new, just like the sun. The sunrises are never the same, but it's fresh and new. And that always inspires me to know that, you know, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter how I responded to something yesterday or how I was today. I have the idea that it can be fresh and new every moment. And so that really sets the stage for me. And I think to moving your body out in nature, especially in a place where that energy of life is all around you. You Mm -hmm. see it like hiking and flowers, you see it, you see it everywhere. And you can't really put the words to it. But you just feel like it's you. And it is.
0: Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I share, as I shared with you before, I, those sentiments just are very true to my heart as well. And it sets up, you know, just as you said about looking at plants and, and seeing trees, and I have a beautiful frangipani tree in my front garden, and it's still blooming. It, it shouldn't be blooming still, but every day there's a new bud or a new flower. And you do take notice of that, but you wouldn't see that if you were indoors all the time. So it is that, there is so much beauty around us, and it's, it's important to see it and to really see it, though, I think, as well. So, Kathy, what would you like to share as your three can-do tips for our listeners today?
1: My three can-do tips would be, number one, be here now, only here. Thoughts of the past, thoughts of the future, we don't need them here. But here, present. Aware, we're able to see those flowers bloom and go, wow, look at that. We're able to have presence, which brings us naturally a calm mind. It also opens us up to the infinite wisdom and creativity of the entire universe at our access. So be here now, focus only on what's right in front of you. Number two, simplify your life, show up, point yourself the direction you want to go that day and take one step. That's all you have to do to get yourself creating momentum. And don't worry if it's the right or wrong step when you think about it, because I don't believe we can get life right or wrong. The system will self-correct. You will know. You will know by playing a game called warmer, colder. Take your one step. If it feels warmer, go farther. (laughs) If it feels colder, step a different way next time. Simplify. Warmer, colder. Show up, point yourself, and take one step. Number three, don't take yourself or life too serious. (laughs) Learn to laugh at your humanity because We are funny human beings, the things we do, the way that we think sometimes, if we can laugh at ourselves with that, it changes everything and we have a much lighter, more peaceful, joyful experience of life rather than, you know, we think those things and then we beat ourselves up for thinking them. You don't need to do that. You can take yourself lightly. So those are the three. Be here now, show up, point yourself in the direction, take a step and don't take yourself too serious.
0: Beautiful. And I love all three of those. And they are they are simple things that we can bring into our lives immediately. And I'm sure listeners will be thinking those things as well, even if they take one of those tips and start to practice it. Um, but I think my favourite out of that those three is the be here now because it's something that I live and breathe and do every single day. So thank you for those three tips. My final question for you, Cathy, is why do you feel a can-do attitude is absolutely essential?
1: Well... It depends on how we want to live life. If we want to live a life where we feel fulfilled, where we're able to be passionate, where we're able to play pretty much full out through life, having a can do attitude keeps us going. It keeps us up. It keeps us feeling better. It keeps us feeling hopeful, hopeful that. A problem might not be a problem, it might be a possibility. Hopeful that, yeah, I'm struggling right now, but this isn't permanent. Things can change and will change. And the only thing that keeps us from a can do is us listening to thoughts of can't. And when we feel it, and we become aware of those thoughts by being present, and we allow them to go, our natural state is can do. We're built with everything we need to be able to do life, to be able to enjoy it, and to be able to have some fun along the way. And we certainly can do that with our can do attitude that you share with the world. Thank you so
0: much, Kathy. That was a beautiful way to end what has been a wonderful, wonderful, conversation with you i've enjoyed listening to everything that you have shared and it just the the whole idea of rising up it is a refreshing perspective it is such a strong it is so strongly driven by that whole can do approach and you have taken your life experience and now you gift it to others and help them realize their passions and their potential too and so Thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Gail, for having me. I am honoured to have been here. I love spending time with you and anybody who's listening, I've loved spending time with you guys as well because you are can-doers and Gail's here to help you can-do in many, many ways. Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much, Kathy.
1: All ready. Thank you. Thank
0: you for listening to today's episode. Do you live and breathe a can-do attitude? Have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience, or intriguing story to share? Always curious, and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be my guest. Do get in touch via my website, gailmgibson.com. The Can Do Way podcast, refreshing, positive, and real.